Hey guys, Giuseppe Santamaria here, the photographer behind Men in This Town and editor of Mint Magazine. This week we're taking a mid-season break from the Portrait Session podcast, and instead presenting you with a bonus episode of Off the Cuff with Ollie. The event took place a couple weeks ago as part of the Reigning Men exhibition at the Museum of Applied Arts and Sciences in Sydney. With an audience of over 40 guests, Ali brought his column in Mint Issue 9 to life as he looked at prominent movements in art and fashion, exploring how they affected one another and continued to shape our contemporary imagination. I hope you enjoy and stay tuned for the next portrait session in a couple weeks. Museum. My name is Ali Asghar Shah, and I am not an influencer or a fashion expert. I'm a management consultant uh, by trade, who you would usually find punching and analyzing financial uh, figures in Excel spreadsheets, a lot of Excel spreadsheets. Um, therefore, you must be wondering why I stand here at this uh, institution as part of the program for, for what has been the largest men's fashion history exhibition ever put together. It's because one incredible man saw my love for fashion and gave me the opportunity to write and speak about it. I think he eventually got tired of just my verbal diarrhea. Um, and so I really do want to thank you so much, uh, Giuseppe, for this last year and a half. It's been an absolute, absolute honor. Um, we started these talks in Giuseppe's studio, and our aim was to focus on fashion as a means of expression and how it lends its weight to the historical, social, economic, and cultural fabric of society. Um, we didn't want it to be yet another resource dictating what's hot, what's not, trends. I feel Condé Nast and New News Corp have that down to the T. Um, also, I don't mean to profess anything, and this is simply one person's opinion on the subject. The only thing I would want you to take from this is my love for the subject. Therefore, what better forum to profess my affection and here, I would also like to thank the uh, Museum of Applied Art and Sciences senior curator, Roger Leong, who you would have met outside, for putting, putting together such an ex excellent exhibition, Raining Men, uh, which is across the hall from here. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you, you must visit. It's excellent. So coming to what we're talking about today, it's the colorful relationship between art and fashion, and how the two borrow from and influence each other and continue to shape our contemporary imagination. I've split the talk in three separate areas. The first will cover a somewhat controversial view of what makes art art and where fashion sits uh, based on the definition. The second will cover the history of how fashion borrows from art and discuss why fashion seems to do so. And third is where the two influence each other in a more subtle way which in turn gives us an insight into the anthropological effects that influence media of expression through different times. So Oscar Wilde opened his gothic novella, The Picture of Dorian Gray, 
with a preface that is considered a manifesto in aestheticism, an influential art movement of the time that Wilde prescribed to. In it, he proclaims, quote, we can forgive a man for making a useful thing as long as he does not admire it. The only excuse for making a useless thing is to admire it intensely. All art is quite useless, unquote. <laughs> Firstly, wow, am I right? Like, this guy's a genius. He really, he, re he really did have a way with words. Secondly, this posits quite a peculiar definition of art. It isn't calling art useless by way of rejecting it. It is giving it purpose through its uselessness. Art's only aim by this view is admiration and appreciation. Wilde, in his own letters, explained this passage. He said that art is useless because its aim is simply to create a mood. A medium cannot then be considered art if it has any other application. And I may be escorted out of the museum for what I'm about to say next. By this definition, the term applied arts, which makes one half of this esteemed museum's ethos, becomes oxymoronic as well. This is where fashion comes in. Fashion has been increasingly ubiquitous and a very powerful medium of expression in the last 100 years. Due to its becoming accessible to the middle classes, fashion is now used by many to express themselves, which has made it into perhaps the most democratic medium of expression out there. And we would know that fashion certainly seeks appreciation and can create a mood quite successfully. But can we call fashion art? By the aesthetic definition, no, we cannot. It is because fashion has an innate purpose, and that is that it, it clothes us. It's essentially clothes. Therefore, it has use beyond that of simply being an object of admiration, and therefore is out, sachet away. <laughs> the definition further shuns the fashion designer as a profession as well by saying that we can forgive a man for making a useful thing as long as he does not admire it. So if there is a fashion, uh, uh, fashion designer, of course, who admires his own work as well, technically doesn't fit the criteria. I'm sure Wilde would be terribly disliked by so many if you lived today. This is precisely where the relationship between art and fashion remains an uncomfortable one, and where fashion continues to legitimize itself by looking to and borrowing from art. Dan Fox, the editor at the art publication Freeze magazine, wrote in his literary debut with what, would, what most would consider quite an off-putting title, but it's a terribly good book. The title of the book is Pretentiousness, Why It Matters. Um, and he spoke about the relationship between art and pop music, uh, specifically citing the reference of how Jay-Z, a rapper, used famed performance artist Marina Abramovich in his music video uh, for Picasso Baby. Fox says that it is because art lends a seriousness that is not associated to other forms of expression. I think fashion and pop music can be used interchangeably here. Fashion looks to art for a sense of seriousness and perhaps cultural superiority that it feels it lacks. Art has always had a way of fooling us as well, in a way fashion can't. Both are equally financially driven, but art is usually not perceived with the same lens of commercialism. Our perception of an artist is still the struggling, troubled soul living on soup cans who will achieve post-mortem recognition, while a fashion designer is considered a hedonist in his Instagram life of sex, drugs, and glamour. That is not the case, and yet 
fashion is still considered commercial and art isn't. So fashion continues to, uh, to look uh, to art for an elusive legitimacy. This borrowing trend also has controversial beginnings. The first known collaboration between art and fashion was adorned by perhaps one of the most dividing figures in modern history, Wallace Simpson, the twice divorcee American wife of Edward VIII. He abdicated his throne to marry her. Oh, how times have changed. Enter <laughs> Meghan Markle. <laughs> Coming back to Simpson, in 1937, she wore a dress by Italian designer Elsa Schiaparelli that had a large lobster painted by none other than the surrealist painter Salvador Dali. Schiaparelli, those who don't know, was a famed designer with surrealist leanings and pretty much wholly responsible for the modern Italian aesthetic for women's fashion. Mutual Prada, of course, continues to reference her in many of her collections. And Schiaparelli was only second to Coco Chanel, with whom she allegedly shared a rivalry. But then we tend to overstate female rivalries. This moment sparked a long list of artist uh, and fashion house collaborations. The most notable, one, notable ones being Yves Saint Laurent's Mondrian dresses in 1965, multiple Raph Simon and Sterling Ruby collections, and Louis Vuitton and Jeff Koons, which was quite recent. But Jeff Koons is an interesting and a very commercially driven artist who interestingly placed paintings by Monet and Manet and called it his own idea and then put, put it on Louis Vuitton bags. So that's artception right there for you. Another way fashion is ever expanding into the art realm is by being showcased at art museums. There was a great film from last year, The Square, that won the Palme d'Or at Cannes Film Festival, which was about the mad world of contemporary art museums. There's a scene in it where the curator is being interviewed by a journalist played by Elizabeth Moss, who I'm obsessed with at the moment. And he says to her, quote, if you place an object in a museum, for instance, if we took your bag and placed it in here, would it make it art? And she just gives them a blank expression because she doesn't have the answer. The same notion can be applied to the burgeoning interest in New York's Metropolitan Museum of Art through the Met Gala, and perhaps here as well. Is it art? Well, that largely depends on context. Shows like The Catholic Imagination at the Met right now, or Raining Men at the Powerhouse right here, showcase the movements that have influenced fashion as an expression and place significance on the histories of those influences. And these movements have permeated across all media, be it art, fashion, music, or literature. This brings us to the final point in our discussion of how social movements seem to pervade across its cultural counterparts. Three movements that seem to have had significant influence are Gothicism, Abstract Expressionism, and Pop Art. While Gothic architecture and aesthetic existed since the 12th century, it was revived in the 1800s, much of it coinciding with the Victorian era. It is char characterized by gloom that is usually represented as pre-World War European gloom. And I think it is a movement that never fell out of our imaginations. Through its revival, it influenced all facets of cultural expression, be it Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, or the reignited interest of artists like John Everett Millay in the Renaissance style of art of the pre-Raphaelite movement, and of course, the fashion. It's instantly recognizable. It's dark, austere forms of the upper classes and the tattered, orphaned looks of the lower classes. Both ends, on both ends, it drastically changed how we perceive how we have perceived style since. 
There is no wonder when asked in Vogue's 73 question series, editor-in-chief of the magazine Anna Wintour said that the most influential literary figure to have influenced fashion was Oliver Twist. Although Dickens' writing style was genre-bending, their mood can definitely be considered gothic. Abstract expressionism had a similar effect, so sort of fast forward about 70 years. Whilst it was predominantly a movement in art, it had its surrogates in other cultural movements, be it, be it the beatniks in literature or the popularity of jazz. At the same time in fashion, there was a move towards less structured and formality in clothing for both women, men and women and a rise in the use of color. Think the tie and die of the flower movement of the 70s. It could may as well be an abstract expressionist painting. What was common in all these movements was the rejection of all pre-war forms. Beats disregarded punctuation, jazz artists played pandemonium, and abstract expressionists splattered paint on canvases. Fashion was the same. No more skirts for women, let there be pants. No more shirt and ties for men, let there be t-shirts and shorts. Let's escape and run free. And lastly, and perhaps the most important, is pop art. We are quite aware of the movement, and yes, a lot has been said and done about the pop movement, but it has an influence that taps deep into our understanding of the contemporary human condition. Pop art permanently changed how we think about consumerism and how we let it affect us. It turned us from needing things to wanting things and to wanting more and flaunting it. I would be remiss not to mention Andy Warhol, who saw the shift in how we were changing our ideas around unadulterated consumerism and made it tangible. What followed was perhaps the most per pervasive of all movements. Think the works of Bret Easton Ellis or the infinite rap songs that reference luxury products. And fashion designers who use excess, such as Donatella Versace or Alessandro Michele at Gucci or Jeremy Scott at Moschino. I would even say that the current street movement in art, music, and fashion, be it graffiti, um, street art, rise of rap, or the street look championed by designers like Vetmont, Gosha Rubczynski, and Virgil Abloh are all offshoots of the pop movement. The popularity of Instagram influencers is another consequence of the movement. I wear cool clothes, I take a photo of it, and make myself enviable. I'm as guilty of doing that as anyone else is. What we see here is that regardless of whether fashion is art or not, it's perhaps not that important anyway. What matters is that they both are different media of expression that are governed by the prevailing movements in our collective reaction to the things happening around us. They both provide a glimpse into our psyche and how we perceive and use things and information available to us. There is something that is uniquely human about that, and that is that we have the ability to create beauty in useful things and find use in beautiful things. And that is simply through the power of our imagination. On that note, I'd like to end with the Scottish poet Norman McKegg uh, in his, from his poem, An Ordinary Day. He writes, how extraordinary ordinary things are, like the nature of the mind and the process of observing. Thank you. All right, I'll actually put it out to, to anyone who wants to sort of talk about, like, what do you think, like, the relationship between art and fashion? And, like, do you have any ideas? Or is there anything that you would like to comment or question me on? Please feel free to do so. So, so I, I guess 
my limited knowledge in art and fashion, and I know I'm going to steer away from men's fashion, but that's because I don't know much about men's fashion. But <clears throat> maybe I would say that, like, fashion is art, or what is art is the fact that, you know, artists passes away, the value of their art shoots up. Mm -hmm. We recently had Kate Spade pass and has not had anything to do with the Kate Spade brand for many years, but her price of bags has like quadrupled in price mm. uh, online and in store. Like, I guess that's kind of the thought is the value in fashion when the designer passes. I think, I mean, to be honest, and you know, that's, that's something that sort of I touched on as well. Like, they're both equally driven by commercialism. It is, I mean, they're both, uh, you know, that is sort of predominantly where, where all both these industries are. Um, and absolutely, although you're right, I mean, Kate didn't have, Kate Spade didn't do anything with her, like with her company for almost a decade now. But it's just, a, it's all, all of a sudden, it's sort of new in our, um, in our in our mind, it's fresh. Her death and her passing is so fresh, so it's just become such a coveted item, and I think that in itself is sort of lending to how it's basically we are. You know, we basically react to these things, and that's what sort of drives it, uh, be it art or be it be it fashion. But you're absolutely right. Like there is, you know, there is that sort of similarity there. Yeah. Um, I say a bit of impracticality. And, and that for me sort of moves it into the realm of art. So from the extremes of like court couture fashion to like, you know, which is just totally impractical to even the way we accessorize our, our daily wear as well. A lot of it is not necessary. Yeah. It really is just, just a statement. Yeah. So I think so to be honest, there, there was, because it just, that's 100% correct. Like you see a lot of designers, like especially a lot of um, really sort of forward um, Japanese designers as well, like come to Gasson, you look at a lot of their creations, that is not wearable. But it is, they're treating that sort of the form of the human body and like draping, but they're, they're transforming it into art. But what, what that's doing is that it's taking the wearability factor out which somehow then sort of feeds into that, where like the moment we take the use of clothes out of, um, of you know, when you take wearability out, does it start to become art then? Is that how our perception is working there? I think the key <laughs> right now is very interesting, especially when uh, of a couple came into it, uh, the lines have blurred a lot because uh, Uma Thurman said, Art is a mirror that you show up to a society. Mm -hmm. But design, she did not say about design, but design is more of a problem solving of how you do it. So if you see something like Combe Gasson or Christine Yancey or someone who are making comments on how bodies should be viewed, then in such a manner, yeah, I completely agree that you know, it, it becomes away from the variability that they also sort of like have this function of commenting on it, so yeah. they do tend to sort of like blur lines between the two, but within their own sort of like spaces of fashion and how they deal with body, it's basically like 3D sculpture. Yeah, exactly. So how you treat it is... But then, so this is interesting, so this is actually agreeing with, with Wilde's idea of aestheticism, which is the moment it is, it, it's useless, when a garment is unwearable, it is art. So like, 
do you think that's that's controversial? Like, uh, do you think that's sort of a really narrow, huh? Sorry, I, just, I, yeah. I think that's probably a very Western concept. If you think about like, <clears throat> non-Western I mean, Indian, a Native American headwear is very impractical. Yeah. Already, like, you can't walk through a door, but it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's, a lot of art is beautiful. Uh, Indian um, saris, are, it, that's t over eight metres of fabric. <laughs> yeah. It's heavy. Like, it's, that, but is that not art? Because that is probably cultural dress. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's a really good point. It actually takes yeah. that away, yeah. And you know, like you know, that sort of brings into uh, the the concept like beading and embroidery and uh, fabric as well that is sort of like hand done, especially in a lot of couture. Um, is that you know, is that sort of does that have a place in art, or is that are they just sort of their own sort of thing? Is this just a very narrow way to look at it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, Galliano's haute couture shows were, were always just such a spectacle. And another one, I think, especially, you know, we're blurring the lines of, of is it fashion or is it art, or especially in the performance art uh, point. Like in, um, there was an Alexander McQueen show in 2001. And in that, there was the, uh, the, the final model came out and she, she stood on a, on a revolving disc. And all of a sudden, two sort of those the spray machines that sort of spray cars, they sort of became alive and were like pointing at this woman. And then just like she started revolving and all this paint was on her dress, which is like one of the most spectacular things to watch because um, it's, all of a sudden, you were like, no, this is not a collection. This is just turned into, this is performance art. Um, and, you know, so that's, that's exactly it. Like, there's a lot of blurring and um, the idea that, you know, people have sort of really played with that idea. But which sort of brings me to the next sort of point. Why does fashion need to be art? Why can't fashion just be itself and be absolutely great at it, which it is already? Why does it need to borrow things from art? And I feel like that's also like a tricky area because you know if you see someone wearing a T-shirt with them with Mona Lisa on it, you'd be like, oh, that's kitsch. Yeah. Uh, but then all of a sudden, uh, Raph Simon does uh, does like Robert Mablethorpe's photograph on the on on his on a T-shirt, and all of a sudden it sells for a thousand dollars. So you know, where's what's that line of kitsch and high? You know, it's it's interesting how some things have sort of evolved into, um, you know, we still have opinion about that, that's sort of more diverse. So the, yeah, so what do you think about why, like should fashion even borrow from art or just sort of go on its own thing? Isn't that just a 20th century phenomenon? In that, because media, as a 20th century progressed, media yeah. I think a lot of things borrowed even art borrows Absolutely. Yeah. No, and I think I think that's that's absolutely right. I think especially we're also so visually driven now that I feel like you know it's all about that sort of 
packing more reference, be it through you know various various means of expression, it's sort of sort of sort of become the uh, sort of order of the day, um, and that, and, that, and that's absolutely right. There's um, there was a recent uh, fashion exhibition where they had Maya Angelou sort of speaking in the background. So there's a lot of a lot of sort of very sort of diverse references being used uh, for art. Um, which, which I find quite interesting because, again, like this is not a very, it's burgeoned a lot over the last 10 years. But fashion collaborations with art were actually still quite sporadic. So, you know, you had the uh, Salvador Dali and Schiaparelli at the turn of the century. And then you had, of course, YSL in the, in the 60s. But then there was, there was a huge, huge gap. But now you see a lot, a lot of, a lot of art references. Calvin Klein, like with Ra Raph Simone is like, a, a, he's really big on it. He had Andy Warhol recently uh, with Calvin Klein. He, he's been working with Sterling Ruby for so long. Louis Vuitton's the same. They've had um, recently Jeff Koons. They had Takashi Murakami about like six, seven years ago. Um, and, you know, interestingly, Gucci sort of flipped it on its head, which I find quite interesting they get artists that they're sourcing from Instagram to do different things for them. Uh, and then they sort of incorporate that into the fashion collections. Or, so they're actually employing artists to create work that then becomes um, apparel. But it is strictly Gucci, and it's a Gucci aesthetic. It's not something that had been done before, and then there's, there's something sort of following it. There's no borrowing. It has become a, a united process, like a creative process. So that's also quite an interesting sort of development in that particular area. It also seems like depends on how the definition of art has changed earlier. But see, right now we are discussing as we call someone something made by uh, Raiko Wakabo as art. Mm -hmm. She does not view it as that. She views it as, as fashion yeah. going down the runway. It's how the whole sort of definition has changed throughout the years and how uh, there has been cross-pollination of things in terms of ideas, in terms of movements, and how you spoke about how movements, obviously when movements happen and changes happen, they affect every sort of strata of society. Yeah. So it always affects everything in sort of totality. Mm -hmm. and how it affects it and how individuals like designers take from it and yeah. in, include that in their work, that probably makes it up on how they sort of go about it. I Look, I'd agree. And I can never stress enough. Uh, I think I, I say it in every, every time I speak, which is where we now live in a time where everyone is able to have sort of that weight, um, being able to express themselves through because so much of fashion is available. Before it wasn't, you know, even a hundred before a hundred years ago, everyone, every sort of like socioeconomic strata had a had almost a uniform. Um, it is now that we can actually sort of, it's become so democratic where we can actually wear what we want to wear and express ourselves through how we wear it. Um, and you can choose to do that as well. You could simply just wear clothes to wear them, or you could use that as a form of expression which was not the case even till 100 years ago. So, and this is where like, more and more people are, are endorsing that, and therefore it's, it's causing that cultural effect where people are, are seeing so many people express themselves through fashion that they sort of then get it back into 
what people would want to wear. So it's like a, it's a, it's a cycle, it's a circle. Um, Absolutely. Um, I, I, I think that sort of, sort of raises, especially like on that, on the visual economics, sort of uh, the, the economics of our sort of visual world. Um, in fact, Giuseppe and I were having a conversation earlier, is um, the, you know, Gucci's selling at the moment. It's because on Instagram, Gucci looks good. Gucci looks great. But if, but Tom Ford, who pretty much <laughs> made Gucci super cool in the 90s, doesn't photograph very well. Um, although it's, it's got craftsmanship, it's got, um, and it's, it looks absolutely stunning in person, just not as he, he hasn't been able to sort of get back to what he was back in the 90s where fashion spreads and shoots were sort of more the order of the day. It's because it's just not, uh, it's not eye-catching eye enough on, on, on our sort of, sort of uh, you know, our daily feeds. So there's, there, is, there is that, which is, you know, people are differentiating themselves through um, familiarity and through nostalgia and perhaps, of course, through making it uh, sort of visually quite different from, from each other. Do we have any? Yeah, go for it. Actually, that's, that's such an excellent point because I think, it, you know, industries like these which work on prestige and have sort of uh, commercial underpinnings. So they sort of, just, sort of look at success in two different ways. They're like, oh, we're a prestigious brand. But at the same time, does prestige mean that we won't be able to make, you know, we won't be able to feed uh, all the people? And that's like, you know, it's, that, it's the industries like fashion, especially high fashion, which are so schizophrenic like that. Because they're just like, oh, and you're absolutely right. They would employ art to sort of gain that superiority and be like, oh, you know, we're not, we're not, so we're sort of exclusive to a particular kind of customer. But then they would also be like, please, please buy our stuff. 
So, you know, there is that dichotomy that is always faced in, in a lot of uh, prestigious uh, sort of institutions, which is where, where do they stop caring about prestige and where does commercial, like, uh, like sort of that commercial interest come in and vice versa. It's also accessible when you look at like Absolutely. Um I th I think you know, just being able to, and you know, to further that as well, you know, brands like Uniqlo and H&M are using high fashion designers to collaborate as well. So they're borrowing like almost like, it's a two-step process. Like high fashion designers are sort of, you know, sort of trying to sort of gain the status of art. And then they're also in these like sort of lower brands, more accessible brands that are using these designers to create collections for them. So it's always, it's, it's interesting to see how how that sort of trickles down into our wardrobes. Is, is then fashion very confused at the moment, or is it, does it know exactly what it is? And it's, it seems like such a hodgepodge of just everything sometimes. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think, and I, I think this is, this is a terrible thing to say, especially like where it's a, I think, again, coming back to that, I think there's always going to be a level of insecurity mm. that, that, I mean, that comes with, with industry like like fashion, they they can never be overly pleased with themselves. Considering, and again, I'm again, I can never stop quoting Oscar Wilde, but he says that like, fashion is is such an ugly thing that it has to be changed every six months. So, and to to basically put that, and now it's not six months; it's every six weeks. There are six collections in a year now that a lot of high fashion designers are taking out. So. You know, it's, it really sort of comes down to, is there, are we really that trend driven? Like, do people really, like, you know, I think it is an industry that almost maybe has a little bit of self-loathing. <laughs> It's never finished, and I think, and that that perhaps says that maybe fashion is sort of flips it. Like maybe fashion is art because it has that sort of level of of self loathing in it in in its own in its own practice. Yeah. Absolutely. Like a fun fact about most uh, high fashion brands, perfume is actually, perfume and accessories are their largest, largest sort of level of sales. Hermes reported almost 70% of their revenue came from perfumes, not from their handbags and not from their collections. So that's a whole different world as well, which is basically, you know, they've got to keep that engine running as well. Um, so, you know, they just to be commercially driven. Yeah. What happens in the future? I mean, I, we can't. I don't think it's sustainable, et, not ethically anyway, to keep um, cycling through clothes that quickly. What do you think happens in, in a few years? It's just where 
I think to be honest, look, I think we're, we're sort of smack bang in the middle of where people are so obsessed with trend because of, again, because of social media and because you're constantly bombarded with various images and you just can't continuously like want the new thing. I think it will level out. So it's already, you can already see signs of it. Like before they used to have eight uh, fashion shows for the six seasons, but then they also split men and women's. A lot of fashion designers are now sort of, they're putting men's and women's together. Um, a lot of designs are becoming straight to market. So rather than waiting and you know being caught by editorials, et cetera. So because these, like, these fashion designers are exhausted as well. These teams are just constantly, they're pumping out different designs and keeping, keeping consumers interested. Not even happy, just interested because we're just looking for the next trend. So it will eventually, it, it's not sustainable in any way and it will die down because a lot of it is being wasted and again, the clothing industry and sustainability has been such a big conversation that eventually the, the sustainability conversation will catch up with the fashion world. So is that going to push fashion? So I think... Yeah, I think that that would absolutely be in in that direction where fashion sort of becomes, you know, it goes back to its sort of collector sort of focus, you know, where you can actually collect uh, a particular season uh, and sort of have that appeal to it, almost like like art, um, where you should be able to get use out of it for for years to come, um, and you know, have a sense of like pride or achievement, etc significance to it, um, as opposed to just sort of churning it out like a machine at the moment. So yeah, I would agree. I think they would, it would sort of become closer to, to the, the status of art. All right, do we have any other questions? I think we're, we're good. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs>